Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm. Um, guys, good to have you here. It feels like the week before the grand final. Eric's <laughs> I can't wait. We've got probably three and a half thousand about to turn up on the Gold Coast, and it's very, very exciting. So, And everyone, the excited, it's not just the numbers, Troy, but I'm getting a, a sense of great excitement because it is a very different uh, set of speakers this year. I mean, it's obviously very... Uh, industry focused and uh i think we've got 35 in total so everyone seems to be really pumped i can't yeah. if, I, if i see another high kick instagram post <laughs> i'm gonna have to delete the next person because it's gone absolutely viral on social media oh. so it's very exciting now i've seen a few of them i haven't seen all of them troy but i gotta tell you it's on a couple of them uh, there was one by uh, one of the ray white groups or one of the ray white officers they did was um, absolutely amazing i'm not sure if that ended up being the winner but it was superb well, even even we've even got our speakers doing it. I look at one G- G- Gavin Gavin Rubenstein, um, but I um, isn't it good when people get behind things? You know, you feel that energy. And yeah, Tom, you and I talk a lot about this on the podcast about business. But yeah, you know, if you get enthusiastic and energetic, and you go the extra mile, everyone kind of gets wrapped up in that well, enthusiasm. Who's 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 a, a brainchild behind this marketing? Uh, strategic move i can't i'm trying to track back who was a person that sat down and said to themselves we're going to have this competition i can't remember troy do you it certainly wasn't the three of us no, but i think it was nicola and isabella <laughs> yeah it was definitely the no. team. great idea okay. isn't it really and, and i think the winner gets uh gets to go to a dinner or the, the winners get to go to dinner with Frederick, which will be an amazing evening too so you know well done i'm sure we'll announce all of that at eric if they haven't found out already yeah anyway Gentlemen, um, I want to talk about a topic. I've actually uh, had one of the McGrath guys, Michael Tringali, he's actually uh, uh, come to speak at a conference in Melbourne. I had Matthew Scafidi and Christine from uh, Ray White. And um, actually, I'll, I'll talk about that. I got a text message from uh, Matthew Scafidi. His words are pumped, so excited, Eric. 35 speakers. This year, it seems to be both substance and styles. Can't wait. And I reckon that sums it up. 35 yeah. speakers. Substance and styles. I think uh, uh, Johnny and Troy, I know people were still booking tickets today, so obviously the gates are still open by the sounds of it. Yeah, there are. We've moved some of the seating around and we've got the opportunity because obviously we want everyone to have an amazing view of the speakers. So we've moved a few things around and we're able to accommodate the last few. But people book right up into the evening. I mean, we've actually had people arrive on the Sunday morning that haven't booked yet. They were sort of late starters. And, of course, you know, we get people booking right up until Saturday night by the phone. So, yeah, going to be good. And and not to forget the Trade Expo. So that's going to be a good part of it Uh, yeah, and, and well, look, some, most of the speakers are going to, you know, most of them, because a lot of them are either high performers or they're certainly on the way to being high performers. So forming an effective business unit or team around them has been a big part of their success. So I think this is quite topical. Yeah. So I sat down with uh, Michael Tringali when I was at the airport earlier on, and I said, because both three speakers we had on our panel um, today, you know, writing well in excess of a million, and it's a common denominator, gentlemen, that anyone that I know that is writing great figures long-term seem to have... I mean, you can't have a world-class business without an epic team. So we started jotting down, what is it um, that your assistant does... Um, how do you work effectively with an assistant and what are the benefits of an assistant? And I might kick off the conversation here. And the things that were coming up there were simple things that were um, prepare marketing submissions, prepare pre-listing kits, um, attend uh, pest inspections, attend building inspections, attend valuations, prepare um, um, uh, submissions, 
Um, he went through all these things that are uh, done, and it made me realise that if a real estate agent did not have support in doing these things, how much time would it take them away from working with buyers and sellers, which is really what real estate's all about? So there's an, uh, there's an old saying, Tom, that says if you don't have an assistant, then you are one, and that's not meant yeah. to be rude either to assistants or agents, but. The reality is, you know, we talk about non-dollar productive activities or dollar productive activities. Agents, the high performers, are focusing all their time, effort and energy into dollar productive activities, which as we know is prospecting, listing, negotiating and selling. But of course, as you just said, there's hundreds of other moving parts in every sale. And especially if you're a high performer and you're doing high volume, there's so many other things that have to be done well. Not just so the sale happens, Troy, but so you're actually creating raving fans along the way. So I think you know, it's really, really critical. Before we sort of look at that list, though, Tom, I'd just like to step back a little bit. In, in terms of context, first question, I think a lot of people say to us, I know you hear all the time, Tom, when do I get an assistant? Well, I don't think there's one answer for everyone, but, but the reality is when you're doing sufficient volume that you are absolutely full with, with you know taking care of all the things, I think that's well and truly probably past the time you should have had an assistant because that means that you've been your own assistant for too long. So I think what you've got to do is if you're doing one sale a month, the answer is you definitely don't need an assistant, I suspect. If you're doing five or six sales, I would say almost certainly you should have already hired one. Uh, and if not, you should be hiring one now. So I think it's going to be a bit different. But I think, you know, probably, Troy, five or six is around the number each month. If you're doing that number of transactions, you absolutely need a, an assistant. Do you agree? Absolutely. The the most important one is a great CSM is always one step ahead of the agent. So not only as a training ground is it great for a CSM or an assistant to come through and learn everything off one of those high-performing agents, but when you get to that frequency of five to six sales per month, it kind of becomes autonomous in the way you do things. So that's why it's always a, a great thing to plan ahead and get an assistant probably just before you need one, so three to four sales, and then by the time you've got five or six, you're because, running... Because, of Troy, you know, if you're at five or six, most people and, and most of our listeners, they actually want to get to 10 to 12. Correct. So it's not just about how do you maintain, and I, I, I don't want people to see an assistant as a cost. You should see it as an investment on growing your business because I think all our listeners by now should know that we see everyone as self-employed, their own business, even if they think they're working for someone else. So I think it's really critical that that uh, they take that mindset, and this is an investment in a valuable asset to grow your business. So I think that kind of talks to that. The next thing, Tom, that I hear a lot of people ask about is, you know, well, not just what are the things they're doing, but you know, what are the roles? And, and I always say the first role that I would bring an assistant on is what we at McGrath internally call a Red CSM or a Red Customer Support Manager, Service Manager. And, and that is someone who takes all the administration and all the things that you just mentioned in that, that checklist, Tom. They take them all off, but they're actually not probably involved in any of the direct selling. They might attend open for inspections on weekends with you, but they're not dealing generally with lots of buyers and lots of sellers other than to support you. So I, I think the red CSM is the first thing. So that means that you can then free yourself up to prospect listing selling 24-7 or however many hours you choose. The next one is what we call the blue CSM. Now, that is when you grow your business to the next level, and that could be 8, 10, or 12, 12 uh, sales a month, whatever it is. But th that is someone who actually come on board as an associate agent, and they are very heavily involved in helping you prospect, list, and they might even be handling their own properties and sellers, and they'll be all certainly handling a lot of buyers. So I think 
you know, it's a red CSM to start, which is marketing administration focused to free you up, followed by, as your business grows, a blue CSM, maybe a few sales a month later, and that person is there to help you grow your business and they become an extension of you. Um, and it's great for a young salesperson that's inexperienced but wants to get into the game to take on a role like that. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the questions that was asked today um, when we were moderating this panel was, what's the fastest way for you to... Um, um, 2x your income and more or less every person interviewed said to actually bring in support staff because you can't do that on your own. You simply yeah. can't do all these extra activities. Um, can I ask a question of some... I noticed that some agents, um, John, have got this ability to have this assistant that stays with them for um, a long period of time. And then you hear of other um, agents that will change four or five over a turnstile, period. Like a turnstile, yeah. Yeah. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah, two things I think that are critical. Number one is the hiring process. You, agents are generally, or most agents I've seen are generally not great at hiring and they're often not even that great at managing team members because they've been great sales agents. They've probably never been taught to be a great leader or a great manager. So... First thing I'd say is the hiring process. You have to be very clear about what do you want, a red CSM or a blue CSM, and what are their exact roles. So take the time to plan and do a list of all the, not only the tasks and activities, but also the skills that you're going to want them. You have things like attention to detail, great time management, great organisational skills, could be good customer service skills if they are going to be dealing with customers. So take the time to define and, and get very clear as to what exactly you want the person to do. Second thing is then, you know, put in place a process. Now, whether you hire a firm to help you or even someone within the office, could be a sales manager or someone else, I, I think it's a good investment to have someone help you find the right assistant because it, most agents don't have the time and they don't have the expertise. So I, I'd sort of delegate that out and have someone support you. And often the best judges of great CSMs or great PAs are great PAs and great CSMs. So we do a lot internally. We do a lot of times as we engage our best CSMs to help us find the next one. So I, I think that's really critical. Um, so yes, hire slowly, a little bit more slowly, and then when you have them on board, the thing is to you know see them again, as I mentioned before, about a valuable long-term team member and a greatest asset you've got. So what does that mean? You have to put time into the into the uh, relationship. You have to put time into training them. You have to update them and, and meet with them. And often I'll walk through our office and, or any of our offices in the morning and I'll see the best agent sitting down with their CSM, with their assistant, and they're going through the day's activities, the week's activities. They're really treating them like an integral part of their business, which they are. Whereas others, I often see they just, they kind of just ignore them and they throw stuff on their desk and run out the office. They don't. They don't nurture them. They don't train them like the best best agents do. So, do, do, I think do you see, see yep. John and Troy? Do you do you see um, many of these assistants at any stage developing and becoming an agent themselves? Is that the path that you see many of them take? I think there's two answers, Tom. Some people that sign up to be an assistant, especially if they're red CSMs or a marketing venture, they actually don't have any desire down the track to be an agent, they actually just want to be a brilliant assistant, which is fine as long as you all have clarity, whereas most people that take a blue CSM role or helping in the field, they do aspire to be an agent in their own right at some point. And we encourage that. All I say is let's have an open and honest conversation about what is your time horizon. 
if someone says, well, look, you know, I'd love to do your job, I'd love to work with you, Tom, and I want to be an agent in six months, to me there's no value for the agent because by the time you spent you know, effort and, and put time into training them, they want to go off and run and do their own. So I think for most time I would say unless someone is prepared to commit two years to you as being an assistant or an associate working under you, helping you grow your business, I think I'd probably find someone else. Uh, having said that, if someone commits and they say, look, in two or three years, I want to be my own agent, I think that's totally fine. I think it's very healthy. And uh, I would say that that's, that's, that's a good assistant to have. Okay. Um, want to talk about the, uh, the, the question, which I think right now, out of all the listeners we've got, there's a group of people there that, you know, they might be making for themselves. Their group certificate is showing that they're making, um, you know, Say one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which means that they're they're bringing in say three hundred or or mm-hmm. you know three twenty three thirty. To that person there, we've talked about don't base it on what revenue you're writing. Base it on you know the turnover you're doing and the workload that needs to be uh, handled uh, effectively. But what do you say to the person there, John and Troy, that is saying, "Hang on a second, I'm making one hundred and fifty. Um, my CSM or my admin person is going to cost me fifty thousand dollars." Um, I'm nervous. I've got a funny feeling in my stomach. I feel uncomfortable. I'm scared. Um, and um, what should I do? What's the response? I'll give you a quick answer, then hand over to Troy, because I know Troy has been in this role. He's been extremely effective you know, in, in the role that he's played within our business. Um, first thing I say is you must see it as an investment. So what you're really doing is you're investing fifty thousand to go from three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand GCI turnover. And if you do it right, that's exactly what will happen. Um, so that'd be the first thing. Second thing is if you are nervous or if there's a cash flow issue, look at bringing someone on part time to start with. It could be two or three days a week or it could be five mornings a week. Whatever works for you and for them, bring them on board. So instead of 50,000, it might end up being 25,000. Or an alternative is you share it with someone else in the office. There could be someone else that's also writing 300,000, that's also nervous about hiring their own. And you, you bring someone on to support the two of you, take all the work off and you invest in your Harvey investment. So that would be sort of, you know, see it as an investment and it must become the tool, the leverage that gets you to double your income. And then two is either bring them on part-time if you're still nervous or share them with someone else in the office. Troy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. The biggest thing that I see is agents see it as a 12-month investment. And the reality is if that partnership and relationship isn't working and and the person isn't there, it's actually not a full 12 months. You have to retain that person. So when John mentions the part-time, if you do part-time two or three days a week, it's really only a full-time six-month contract. Similar to that, you can actually... If you're working closely with an agent doing a lot of co-listings, it might be logical to bring that person on. Um, The other thing I want to remind everyone is where agents fail most and what I see around the group with bringing on an assistant is they don't actually empower them to do their role. They hire someone that's very similar to themselves and then they don't take the time to train their attributes or the skills that they need to become better at the role that they're selected or, you know, employed as. So that would be another point that I'd I'd want to raise and I think it's... The other thing along those lines, yeah, true, the other thing along those lines is a lot of agents are lousy delegators. Yep. They just they fear for letting go. And sometimes it's for a positive intent because they're perfectionists and they want to make sure everything's right. But reality is if you want to grow your business, you need to take some calculated risk, and that includes delegating activities. So delegate, um, firstly educate the person that you're delegating it to, communicate, check in, and that'll reduce your risk. But agents do have to let go of the reins if you want to grow your business. 
All right, gentlemen, that's beautifully covered. Um, I think on that point, um, it's fair to say that all the good stuff in people's business happens outside of their comfort zone. Yes, it'll feel nervous for someone that doesn't have an assistant to be thinking about making that move. But I've met very few people, gentlemen, that have said to me um, anything else, but I wish I'd put that person on um, faster. Because as soon as I put that person on faster, I got serious that I was going pro and that I was going to make it happen and that um, failure wasn't going to be an option in my business. So um, all I can really say is to our listeners there, uh, and what I'll do is on, on, on my website, I'll, 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 I'll list a heap of position, um, a description on what the things that, you know, if you've got one right now and you feel like they're using mental telepathy to find out what they're doing, at least you can provide them with some <laughs> some sort of structure and give them a piece of paper and let them know that that's their job. But I want to, Isn't that I, the truth, though? So, so many times, the poor assistants, like, I'm not laughing because it's kind of not a great thing, but, you know, there are agents and they sort of blame assistants and they just... Yeah, you've got to put the time in. This is a valuable relationship. It's like a personal relationship. You've got to put the time and effort in to make it work. But if you do it, it will unlock that, that 2x opportunity, the ability to double your business very, very quickly. So that's good. And now, just at Eric, we're on uh, Monday morning, aren't we? Million dollar agent, is that? So, we're now, so let, let's, let's recap. Uh, at Eric, we've got $2 million agent uh, podcast on the Sunday. Yep. We've got uh, Tracy, who's the CEO of um, REA. I've just looked yep. at her questions, and I've got to tell you, come to that session. Um, and that is, our, of course, our sponsor here. And then on the Monday, um, we've got Million Dollar Agent podcast at lunchtime again. Um, and that is with Greg Dickerson from RP Data, and I've just read his content, and I've got to tell you, it is not an infomercial on RP Data. It is actually showing an agent how to be a trusted advisor using evidence-based information um, to our product knowledge, the competitors. So, uh, I rest for the wicked, to... Troy, on the weekend at Eric, Sunday, Monday. Weekend. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Very excited. Bright-eyed and bushy tail every day. It's going to be. It's going to be great. So, looking forward to seeing everyone there. Okay. See you guys, John Troy. See you um, at Eric. To our rest of our listeners, if we don't uh, see you at Eric, we'll speak to you next week. And thank you, of course, to realestate.com, our sponsors. See you on the weekend. See you guys. See you. Bye bye.